What is going on, everybody? We are back for another episode of the ABJ Podcast, episode 83 with Erica Hong Kong PP Poo Poo Lee. Uh, it's not in the title, but you'll you'll find out all that in a minute. Um, before we get into anything housekeeping business, uh, all links below for myself as well as my guests will be below. Uh, for this one, I, I will ask because the, the, my guest does have their own content and their own space and their own YouTube channel that... F- Crimley only has like 170 some subscribers. We need those numbers up because they make really, really, really good content. So please go to the links below and make sure you support uh, all their social medias and the YouTube page by giving it a subscribe. Um, also, any merchandise for the ABJ podcast, go check it out right now. A uh, bunch of two new T-shirts and merch and Patreons and all that fun thing. Uh, these episodes, you know, have gone that whole route of not being live anymore, but there are ways that you can benefit and, and check it out. If you're a member of the Discord, which is completely free, you can watch them as they record. And the recording days are all over the place as of right now, but that will be changing soon with new work hours coming for me, um, as well as uh, the Patreon. So if you watch this on a Thursday, you can see it early on a Monday. And the minimum uh, requirement to get into the uh, the Patreon is a dollar, but you can do anything you want, whatever you want to support or do monthly, you can. But the lowest I was able to get it down to was a dollar. So if you want to support, pay a buck and you see all the content early uh, the Monday before it drops on a Thursday. So just an idea just to just to try to push some traffic there to help pay the bills, you know, uh, just pretty much pay for StreamYard. <laughs> but um, the people who have been keeping the lights on Suplex Vintage Wrestling. Guys, it has finally happened. A whole store fully dedicated to vintage wrestling. They say it can never be done, but I've seen it with my own eyes. Suplex Vintage Wrestling is a store curated by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. Located on 5th Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, just one block south of South Street in the heart of Queen Village, their shop features the largest collection of vintage wrestling apparel under one roof. Their selection includes classic designs featuring your favorite wrestlers from the Golden Age, Attitude, Internationals, Indies, and more. And if you're tired of watching premium live events at home, SVW hosts the best watch party since your friend Kyle's birthday when you were 12. And if shirts and watch parties aren't your thing, let's not forget about their selection of figures replica belts trading cards and from their t-shirts and hats to rare wrestling memorabilia they have something for every wrestling enthusiast out there so what are you waiting for check them out at suplex.svw on instagram or on their website suplex.svw.com and let them satisfy your nostalgia wrestling needs i actually got through that one pretty good that time i usually fumble pretty hard uh i guess doing two in one day helped out but uh Without further ado, I want to bring in my guest. This is someone who I uh, I got to start working with a lot at uh, the Camp Leapfrog side of things. Um, always a pleasure to work with. She's an absolute, one of the funniest people I've met, and also her group of people she hangs out with are hilarious. But but don't let the, the funniness fool you, because one of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen, female match-wise, is, is her uh, and that turned into a, a, a Japanese strong style, just beat the shit out of each other match. So not only is she hilarious, but she'll, she'll fuck you up. She'll beat the shit out of you. She's giving me the confused face. I'll, I'll bring it in in a second. Ask what match it is, but uh, hard hitting and just all around great performer and just absolutely hilarious. Erica Lee, what's going on? Pee pee poo all of the above. What's going on? The match you? is at PPW and you and Christina Marie. Oh, really? Yeah, you guys beat the dog shit out of each other. Wow, that's yeah, really it was awesome. It was really, really good. <laughs> it was it was one of the first because you obviously I I there's two people in this business that I think I, I that I really, really respect and admire when it comes to what they do in the ring. And it, and it, and you both have the same kind of thing where you present a funny ish character and you don't take yourself super seriously but you also have that spot in the match where you can get serious and then you you start throwing the bombs and you and you and you're being you you force them to take you seriously throughout the match and i think the two people who do it the best are you and willow nightingale like when willow pulls the straps down the smile goes away and willow's gonna fuck you up and you have that thank you and, and you have that same demeanor to you with your character and the way you perform in the ring as well like you and Christina, I thought, showcased that the best. Uh, check out the PPW archives <laughs> because you were doing the honk honk, and she's like, "Oh, honk honk, you bitch!" And then you guys just started like, like, like working, and it was good. Like you beat the shit out of each other, and even went in the back. You guys were like high five each other, like, "Yo, that was a lot of fun." Because it wasn't, so it, it was good. It was like it was it was a Japanese strong style match. So said, that that match, I the thing that I remember most about that match is. Um, it was an entirely new audience for me. 
Um, mm-hmm. There's not really that much crossover between Broadheadsville, PA, and like the places I've been working in, like New Jersey, um, where I had been getting like really good crowd reactions. And I think they're more tuned into like the social media side of things. So I was getting like really intense pee pee poo poo chants. Yes. And so I thought, okay, like, let me roll with it. Like I can like lean into it. And um, the crowd at PPW was not not buying into my shit and piss talk. Yeah, <laughs> but they're not, also they not Christina Marie is also a mainstay there. She's been like they're one of their top champions of the promotion. Yeah, and even though she's a heel, they love her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so the fact that she kind of like started beating you up pretty good, and then you were like, "All right, I'm gonna start firing back." I think by the end, the crowd was like. This is crazy. Like it was, it was, I was on commentary for that match and I'm very happy I was because it was a very good match. That's funny. Thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. As I said, you, you, you and Willow have that, that demeanor where you're very funny and smiling and your smile's contagious. But when it gets serious, someone, someone's getting fucked up. (laughs) There is absolutely nothing else to do. You know, when you're getting punched, you, you just punch back. (laughs) Yeah. So when did you uh, fall in love with the world of professional wrestling? Um, really not that long ago. I think it was like 2015. Um, 2015, I started watching wrestling. Um, and then I think by late 2017, I was training. So, oh, wow. yeah, I just, it was one of those things that as a kid, I, I never gravitated towards. No one in my family watched it. The only kid that I knew who liked wrestling was weird. So I was like, it's <laughs> not for me. Weird. Yeah. I mean, um, and so then uh, the person I was dating at the time was like, let's watch Monday Night Raw. And I was like, this is going to be not a good date. Um, but it was great. Like, I fell in love with him. I fell in love with wrestling. Um, and it was Jerry the King Lawler yelping on commentary that really like sealed the deal for me i was like oh it's self-aware oh it's funny oh i get it um and there's something about it i was like i think i could do this like i don't know why i don't know what in my brain made me think that um because it is kind of a crazy thing to to say to yourself right like you see a professional wrestling match and you're like you know what i think i could do that but i really did and i can so <laughs> I was right. Now, were you growing up, even though wrestling wasn't a thing for you, were you always into sports or athletics or theater? Or So was there, was there a transition from that to be like, oh, that's why you picked it up. So the way you did. Yeah. I think wrestling is a little bit of so many things all rolled into one. It's a little bit of improv. It's a little bit of theater. It's a little bit of dance. It's a little bit of, um, you know, sports. It's a little bit of everything. And I wasn't like amazing at any one thing. I was like pretty good at a lot of stuff. And I was like, you know what? I think I'd be like good enough at all of these aspects to like roll it together. Um, I tried out for a play in high school and when it came time to like sing in the audition, I was like, I'm so sorry. And I left the stage because I was like, Nope. It just like came out as like a whisper scream. And I was like, that is it for me. I'm going to join the pit band because I did play the violin. So I like was involved in like music and theater in a way. And I was on a few different sports teams. So I love tennis. It's like my number one sport from like seven years old to 20, whatever I am now. Um, And it's, uh, it's just been a nice way to roll all my like, I'm, I'm okay at that. I'm like pretty good at this. I have great timing. I'll say that's the one thing I excel in. I have really good timing. Um, so yeah, when, when I started doing wrestling, I was like, it is a little bit of all of these things that I've done in the past and am like pretty good at, and now I can like use them all at the same time. Yeah. Um, when, when you, you know, transitioned from the fan and saying you wanted to do that around what time frame was that? Were you like in college outside of college working shoot jobs? And then how did you find your school to then start training? So I grew up in New Jersey. And then when I wanted to start wrestling, I was living in Virginia, which is ass backwards for wrestling. 
Um, and I Googled schools and like one came up, but it had like closed like a couple months before, like just a couple months before. I remember looking at it and being like, wow, that's like not a great omen, I guess. Um, and then MCW was like the other closest one, but that would be like three hours from where I was living. So I was like, hmm, not a great start. I don't know where I'm going to go. And like, kind of, I like dragged my feet for a couple months, like just kind of unsure of what to do next. And then I'm actually met, um, Jordan blade, uh, through like a mutual friend, uh, on Facebook. Actually, I just messaged Jordan blade, like cold. It was like, Hey, so I see you're a wrestler and that's what I want to do. And like, can we like get together and talk about it? And she was cool enough to be like, yeah, absolutely. Like we'll meet. We, got drinks and talked and she was like, all right, just come to training with me. And I was like, you don't have to see me do like a push up or like run <laughs> yeah, right here in the bar. <laughs> you can't, you, like, you don't need to know that I can do anything. I'm just going to come show up. And she was like, yep. Um, and I just stuck with it. I don't know. Like, I think a lot of people have a good time with something, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, but I just like kept coming back. I'm sure I could have like trained for a couple months and been like, wow, what a zany thing I did. But instead it's like five years later, six years later. And I'm like, wow, what a zany thing I'm still doing. Yeah. And it, it's crazy too. Cause like one of the memories I have uh, of you that, and you weren't even in the building. I think I messaged you about it though, if I'm not mistaken. I think I saw, I, I think after it happened, I shot you a message on uh, Instagram. Cause I was like super proud of you. And just the fact that your name got brought up in this light. But uh, I was, I was helping with a meet and greet. And I was with Mike and Maria Canellis Bennett and Maria was talking about how she was very proud that she was really in depth. Like she knew the locker room of PPW and like knew the names of all the people that were working there that day. And I was like, I was really impressed oh. that someone who's been to WWE, has been to Japan, has done all this. I'm like, you're really in depth with the indie scene. And she's like, yeah, I was booking the ROH's women's tournament before ROH shut down because of the pandemic. Right. And, that, and she was given opportunities to Willow and Maxie Impaler and all these other really talented people on the scene. And uh, without prompt or anything, she listed off another five or six names. And you were one of the names she said. That's and so remember, bizarre because she's never booked me for uh, her promotion. <laughs> Yeah, she was reaching like she was aware of you though. She because she even said your name to me because I remember even saying like Maria's like Maria Canales is aware of you. But I don't also think at that point in time, I don't know if she ever got to a point where she was able to then book again after that. Like I don't know if she's involved with ROH now or AEW or behind the scenes when it comes to the women's division. But when she was there, she was scouting ahead of independent she has, talent. Um, like the the women's wrestling army, right? I she might. I'm not sure. Yeah, she she books or she did at least. I don't know if she's yeah. too busy now with the uh, AEW, but she she booked a lot of shows for them in um, Rhode Island. I think was one, and I think they run more in Chicago. But yeah, she never booked me. That's a that's a bummer. Isn't that weird? It is, but she brought your name up, and I was like, I, I'm well, I'm aware of those people. That's awesome that she knew of you, but unfortunately, yeah. it never panned out to anything. But it's showing that your work is being seen out there. Uh, in the short amount of time you've been doing it, with the five or six years, and even around that, it probably was like another two years ago. We since right, we're talking yeah. now, um, so you know, growing, growing in the business, and then getting into school and start training. Um, who were some of the people that you looked at, like? did you go back and start tape studying older wrestlers or elder older stuff like older matches or different people because the time that you got into it till now like women's wrestling evolved so quickly in that time frame from yeah, being brawn panty matches to being taken seriously it has really exploded since i started um since i started watching i think i mean i watched the first may young classic um and cried like no shame i literally cried because i was like oh yeah. my god this is so important um because i felt like here's a serious representation of female athletes and women in wrestling uh and then i remember watching oh what's it called shoot um wrestle circus right i always want to say wrestle carnival but that's I, not I think it. So yeah. Wrestle Circus in 2000, maybe 16 or 17, and it was Chelsea Green versus Tessa Blanchard, I think. Um, and I remember thinking, like, holy shit, these girls were going hard, like dives into chairs and just like it was the first time I had seen 
women do stuff like that. Um, and now it's like that match, not to shit on them, but that match is like sort of like that level of intensity is sort of like a commonplace standard for women's matches. Yeah. Tessa's, Tessa's a big trailer blazer with that because she was always deemed as like the the chick who hits hard. Like she she because you know her dad and then Magnum like her her dad or stepdad. She kind of like was one of the first people that they like labeled as she's like a strong style Japanese female wrestler and she'll right, beat the shit right. out of you. Yeah, she she set a high she had she set a high bar. Uh, and uh, yeah, first woman to win a, win a a men's world title, right? Wasn't she the first one to do that in Impact? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like. I'm not yeah. great with stats. I yeah. I say like because I started watching as an adult and like you asked like what I went back mm -hmm. and studied. Um, kid brains like just soak stuff up, right? Mm -hmm. And especially if you want to know, if you're like a statistics oriented person, if you're a numbers person, and you yeah. you like get into something as a kid, you can like like Bohr is an encyclopedia. He can rattle off like the where what arena the pay-per-view is in yeah, I'm not that um, good either. the the date like what feuds like what matches led up to it like he can tell you like the attendance of the pay-per-view like absolutely everything and then like i can't tell you where i was last month yeah i'm the like, same I way just, <laughs> i i i watched um so i did go back and like watch a lot of older wrestling because that's like what everybody tells you to do when you're training they're like you have to go back and watch all the stuff and like it's true um, I'd rather take inspiration from that than current stuff because you just don't want to do what everyone else is doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say I just got stuck. I got stuck on 2001 SmackDown and that's kind of the only wrestling I like. I okay. don't want to watch anything else. <laughs> do you want, you watch current day wrestling at all? Like you do, you not really, not I, at all. I watched, I, um, I got really like, um, really depressed and frustrated, not with wrestling, not because of wrestling, just like life stuff in general. And my like hobbies and interests that once brought me joy were like really daunting to me. Mm -hmm. And so I just like stopped watching everything um, to do with wrestling because it was like a burden emotionally. And um, I can like dip a toe back in, like especially if I want to watch something that my friends are doing. Um, like anytime Willow Nightingale's on TV, I'm watching. So I end up watching a fair amount nowadays, right? She's she's on a lot, which is awesome. Just um, yeah, but uh, I don't really go out of my way to watch a lot of modern wrestling, and I don't really go out of my way to watch wrestling. Period. I know that sounds like bad, and people will be like. You have to watch for your craft, but um, I think like I like I know what I like to watch, which is 2001 SmackDown, and I know like what I want to do, which is you know honk honk, duck a line, hit a spear. Like I know, <laughs> yeah. Like I know, <laughs> I know what I want to do. Um, so I love to watch wrestling to support the people that I admire and respect and every once in a while there will be a card that i'm like that actually that looks like those matches are gonna bang like that looks mm -hmm. good i i might tune into that um but it's really not that often and i think that's yeah. just because i'm a hater yeah <laughs> well you're also you also roll with a group of people who have been in the business a long time or have been around the business a long time sort of they make you think that because they're like they look like old grizzled men like killian yeah. looks 45 dustin yeah. looks like he's about to die but they're pretty young they haven't been around much but killian's been in I the have. business like in the business quite some time which one I, killian he's been, he's been around like one or two years longer than me Really, I ex I thought he was around longer. It's because he looks that. so old. It looks it's like hell. He looks so old, yeah, he looks and like he's hell. done a lot of things. That's a kill. That's a goon line. Look, I remember the, uh, him, him and I think Dust on commentary uh, one time for a Camp Leapfrog, and I just remember Dust Dustin killing on commentary, and I, somebody was in the ring like, "Look at him! Looks like hell! Looks like hell!" <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the the I think the way they go about wrestling is is good like the whole crew and the, your that that group yeah. is because 
you all can do any style of match you're put into. You want you want to do crazy, you can do crazy. If you want to you want to do a, a you want to you want to tear the house down, we'll tear the house down. But I, I think say, you're all smart enough to know. True. I would say Miles Millennium can do absolutely anything you ask yeah, of him. Ab- he is absolutely. the best wrestler of the group for sure. Um, he's so immensely talented, so athletic. He's so smooth. Like it's crazy to watch him wrestle because I'm like, dang, like and he smokes. Give so me like much. an ounce of that, Miles. <laughs> um, but the, I think the rest of us and Eel's pretty versatile as well. Yes, especially now that he's like a mountain of a man yeah. um, robbie robbie also very versatile robbie not in the goons he's part of the not friends. in the goons anymore not a that's goon been, that's been hot news lately he's not in yeah. the goons anymore yeah lovely guy but not in the goons not a well there, what there's goon and then goon adjacent or goon past he's I, in the I wikipedia he's of the opposing. goons he's yeah, good opposing he's, now yeah <laughs> um but the uh, the the I think what that group has encapsulated more than anything is sure you can go out and tear the house down and have the best match of the night and be the workhorses, but I think what makes wrestling what it is is the moments, the moments, yeah. the, the stuff that leads up, the story. That's what people are going to latch onto, and that's what's going to make you last longer in this business on your body, as well as yeah. make you last longer because you're going to be stuck in people's brains more. And I think yeah. that's where you are at as a as a group of like a friend group, as well as just in ring and out right out of the ring. I like, definitely can... agree with that. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely more into the storytelling and the moments. And I don't think many people do what the goons do. Like no. off the top of my head, I would say Becca and um, little mean Kathleen with like the wedding angle at beyond with yep. love Doug and Channing Thomas and Sydney Bacabella. I think that story and anything Becca does, that's about it. Like nobody else does as much content creation or puts as much effort into long-term storylines or makes angles happen for themselves. Like Dustin did a wedding angle and not to like piggyback off of, um, the Mary Beth one. It was great. Right. The At SWO, um, Dustin made that angle happen against all odds. Like there were so many things, especially towards the end of it, when, when other people lost steam, Dustin was like, Nope, we're finishing it. Nope. It's coming full circle. Nope. We're like, we are wrapping the bow on this. We are doing it big. Um, and like all credit to Dustin. Cause he made that happen for himself and for the fans there, because like people were going nuts for that angle. Yeah, I mean, um, the Erica versus the Goons, that carried across state lines and other promotions. Right, like, yeah. That had legs, yeah. Yeah, um, five promotions, I want to say. Five Which is unheard in of in the states. indie scene. Like, that doesn't happen. Yeah, right, exactly. So I, I, I agree with you that we are definitely, like, moment makers and definitely storytellers. Um, in comparison to, like, the indie scene, I think we're, like, at the top. Of, of people like making moments matter and making extra content um, because we're all involved with other, other stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Like I mentioned the like acting slash writing classes and obviously me and Dustin have our YouTube channel birds on film and we spend so much time. We put so much effort into content creation that has nothing to do with wrestling. And I think that only strengthens like, our skill set in wrestling. But yeah, we yeah. love to spend our time on other stuff. We have lives. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, I think absolutely. is, you know. Uh, the, so I, the... I have two two more wrestling related questions and then we're going to switch gears here. But who are some of your matches that stand out to you that you have worked that really have helped you in your career? Matches that you really, really look back on fondly? And uh, and where can people find them or what promotions if you can re- if you even remember? Because I know you, you work a lot. <laughs> um. So I'll work like most recently going backwards. Um, The last match I had was this past weekend for Enjoy Wrestling in Pittsburgh against Holiday. And she is a person that I've wanted to work for a really long time. I actually like kind of geeked out and was like, I'm so excited to work with you. Um, But that match was great. Not like the match was great. It was, it was a great experience for me because it was someone I looked up to and felt like I would have to 
like politic my way into it, but I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to like tweet at her and like promotions and this and like try to make it happen. I was just like, I'm just going to keep my head down and keep working. And maybe someday that matchup will happen. Please, please, please. And it finally did. And like, it was, it, it definitely exceeded my expectations. I'm so glad I got to work with her. I learned from her, not like purposefully, like I didn't say like, okay, now I'm going to pick your brain. It was just small stuff while we were, you know, out in the ring that she did that I was like, oh, she's so smart. She's so good. Um, and you can find that match on Enjoy's Patreon, I believe. Enjoy Wrestling's Patreon is going to be dropping matches um, over time. So it might not be out yet, but it will be. Um, and then some other matches that have definitely been milestones. I would not be answer answering truthfully if I didn't mention Darius Carter. Um, my matches, all my matches with Darius Carter have taught me a lot, like huge lessons every time, different lessons every time. Um, and the final of the 2022 men's super eight was, um, I think the, the, the match where I had the best balance of like pressure, but also calm. Like I didn't let, I, I, I maybe have cracked under pressure in the past. And I think that match I actually did like rise to the occasion and did myself proud. And I heard a lot of positive feedback from other people was, about that match. match. Yeah. Joe Zanoli said it was the best final in super eight history. Thank you very much. And there's been a lot of big names. who's rolled through that super eight. You know what I right. mean? It, a lot I, of people I, I watch on TV right lightly. now. Yeah. Now yeah. were you the first, first, uh, uh, female to wrestle in the super, the men's super eight. Yes. I was the first female entrant in the men's super eight. Yeah. Um, in the 26 years, uh, of that tournament, I was the first female entered into the, into that tournament. The women's tournament has been around for a few years and I've been in that twice. I lost in the first round in 2000. Oh shoot. 2020, I think mm -hmm. 21. 2021, I lost in the first round. 2022, I ended up winning um, the women's tournament. And that was the year after you you find you were in the finals of the men's, right? You then won the women's right. the next year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm I apologize to the women's super eight. I didn't know it was around long, but you as a fan, being a fan of you and what you accomplished up leading to that, you drew eyes on me to then realize that the women's super eight was a thing. That's amazing to hear. Um, yeah. It's it's cool to know that people. Um, I guess that I'm a draw, right? Like that you mm -hmm. are a fan of me and my work. And so you've checked out like this entire tournament that has, you know, less history than the men's, but it's there. It's been there. They've been doing it and you didn't know about it. So it's cool to know that I can be like the avenue into um, people watching more women's wrestling. So when they presented you with the women's, the, the men's super eight and that you were going to be in it and not just be in it, but you were going to go to the finals and it was going to be you and Darius kind of pulling the curtain back a little bit. Uh, what was your emotions hearing well, that? So that's the thing. You don't, you don't know who's going to the finals. The thing about it oh, really? is that you have to have enough stamina to get to the next round. And that's why I knew that I would win because I'm an athlete and I have a certain you know, amount of cardio and uh, my skill set. I just, I knew that I would be more prepared to, to make it to the finals of the tournament. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I, it was a, it was a, it was an awesome uh, accomplishment. And uh, when they announced that you were, when you were in the running for it, I was like, that's going to be, that's super cool. And uh, I was proud yeah. that your name was uh, put in there. Uh, any other matches that stand out for you? Um, there was a match at 1CW during the pre-show. It was me versus Killian McMurphy. And um, it was just a really fun match. And I felt like all the beats just kind of made sense and clicked and things were crispy. And I was really tan because I had been at the beach earlier that day. So the pictures were awesome. Um, and that one was just, it was just fun. And I got to hang out with my friends. Um, it was just like this like perfect day of... Um, being with the people that I love and creating art with them. And it's a, it's a special one. Yeah. Um, one of the, one I'm going to throw out to people that they can watch for free on YouTube over on the YouTube side, camp leapfrog, uh, check out Killian vision. 
Um, it, yes. it is, it is a, a, a masterpiece of cinema and the ending of that is still to this day, one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And I'm the actually way wearing was... the same shirt that I was wearing in the, the, the final scene. Yeah. And it was shot. It, 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 independent wrestling had no business having something that, that looked that good in it. <laughs> Thank you. It Thank was you. really real. They had a drone shot for crying out loud. Like, yeah, what that's we... what I'm yeah. saying. That's what we're saying. When we say that the goons are the ones putting in work to make their angles special and important and matter. It's stuff like that. Like, yeah, they could have just not gotten the drone shot. But they got the drone shot. Yeah, I love that so much. Um, I do have one more kind of backtracking question. Just, just racking my brain of Erica Lee knowledge that I have. Early in your career, I don't know if it was early or mid training or when you first started breaking out into the scene. Uh, you had a pretty serious injury at one point in time, right? You hurt your knee. My ankle. Okay. Uh, how was that experiencing your first, you know, major injury that sidelined you for a little bit and then mentally bouncing back and getting back into it? Cause if I'm not I'm mistaken, it was, happened, it was I'm, rough, I'm right? Like it, it was so uh, early. Yeah, I was, um, I think I was like 10, maybe like 12 or 13 matches in and, um, my ankle just like exploded total freak accident. It just, um, I just, I rolled it, but like so intensely um, that like the, the joint sack burst and Oof. I suffered um, a fracture in my talus or talus. I don't know how to say it. It's like the, the bone, like right in the center of your like ankle slash foot. And like people couldn't figure out what was wrong. They like diagnosed, diagnosed me at first with a sprain. So they had me doing like physical therapy, like jumping up and down on it and trying to like oh. strengthen it. And I like, got a second opinion, got a third opinion. And they were like, Oh yeah, you see right here. Like that's a fracture. And I was like, cool. I've been jumping well. on that. <laughs> yeah. Were I was able... like, and what would be the treatment for that? And they're like, Oh, we were, we're going to put you in a boot and like isolate it. And I was like, yeah, cool. Did you finish the, did you finish the match when you rolled it or were you able Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, you're psycho. Um, I'd have been like it was... tap. <laughs> no, it was, it was so, it was probably within the first minute and a half of the match. Oh, so we went I another hear people I'm like, you are like Deppin just recently shattered his arm wrestling Zack Sabre Jr. But he's like, I'm not going to not stop wrestling Zack Sabre Jr. He was, I knew it was hurt. I just kept going. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's really yeah. like, there's probably a doctor or several hundred thousand that would argue, yes, you can make things worse, but what are you really going to make worse at that point? You know? Yeah. Um, I had another match that's like a milestone in my career was against um, Billy Dixon. And the the ring was just like not – we shouldn't have wrestled in it, to be perfectly honest. It was extremely shaky, lumpy, holes, no bottom rope. Um, like it was just a mess. And we both were really like not sure-footed the entire time. And so things got really wonky. And I ended up just getting blasted in the face. Um, and – Again, you know, he was like, Billy, Billy Dixon was like, okay, you know, we're friends. So he was like, you good? Like, are you sure? And the referee was like, okay, we're going to stop. Because I just, blood was pouring. And I was like, nope, we are not stopping. We drove like eight, nine hours to be here. We're not stopping. Like, the there's match will a, proceed. There's got to uh, be a point, though, as a wrestler, like, I know even like as a kid, when you play wrestling, like if you get a little cut and you get some color, you're like, now we can go. Like I got color. <laughs> Let's have some That's fun. So funny. Yeah. I, so I always said before I was training and probably even while I was training, but hadn't debuted or hadn't like experienced an injury yet. I was like, if I got hurt, that's it. We're done. Like, I'm not going to be the hero. I'm not going to keep going. I'm going to value my health. Like there's no way. And then like you get, you get popped in the face or you fall like weird or like you, you know, you know what I mean? Like you, you get bruised all over your hips or whatever. And you realize that there's so much that adrenaline can do for you. Like yeah. you don't, you don't notice a lot of stuff when you're that amped up. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I was like, eh, we're going to finish. 
what how did you come up with the concept of uh erica lee and what that character is when 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 you're in the ring um i said i am just gonna throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks see what people connect with see what feels natural for me that's that was my i picked a name and like sort of a 90s motif that i eventually dropped and it was really just I'm going to see what I do and what people like and don't like and if it makes sense. And that's why I always say, like, I don't really have a gimmick. I don't really have, like, a character. It's not, like, wrapped up in a pretty little bow and cohesive and, like, it's just sort of a personality. Mm-hmm. No, and Which the is personality. When people, say, when people say that my gimmick is weird, I tell them to go grow a personality because that's really what it is. They're boring yeah. and I'm not. I think your person. I think your 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 character is fun. I, there's always fun when you're there. But like I said, don't let the fun mistake you. If she wants to kick your ass at any point in this match, it's it's happening, and there's nothing you're doing about it. That's right. <laughs> um. So let's let's dive in to the the side the side uh hustle you got going on with you and and Big Dust with Birds on Film. So where did the name come from and the idea of this? Because one of the things before birds on film became a thing, I remember sitting in a, in a house for a camp leapfrog or in a cabin, we'll say, and this, I think this is pre birds on film where they said, we just like to pick a movie franchise and watch every movie in the franchise and then try to rank them. And at that point in time, they were doing the earnest films. They were just watching Every Dustin Ernest was movie. obsessed with Ernest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that we started doing Birds on Film when he was done with that because yeah. I would not watch more than 30 minutes of an Ernest movie. <laughs> Ernest Scared Stupid is a classic. No. <laughs> not for me. Um, so, but we, yeah. uh, I, don't, I honestly don't remember how we came up with that name. We've been talking about it a lot lately, and I do not remember why. Um, I think it was just the honk sort of thing. Um, and he has a chicken and you would suit. Dress up as birds. Yeah, he well, he already had the chicken suit. Yeah. So that was kind of it. I got some wings, and we called ourselves birds, and we say if the movie honks or not. Um, I again, like, I don't know why or where <laughs> that came from, but uh, it definitely it fits. Like, um, I'm I'm not really into like the rating scale. I think it's so subjective. I think it's better just pass, fail, honk, doesn't honk. Um, you know, that's more my style. So I'm glad that me and Dustin get to just baselessly talk about movies because we really have no qualifications other than we like movies. We like to watch movies. Um, do you have, do you have a genre of movie you prefer? Um, or are genre movie you absolutely despise when it comes up that you have to watch it? I used to really hate animated films. Okay. Um, but I've been made to watch quite a few in the last I couple str- of years. I struggle now with animated films now that I, I guess like you get older and you get like, like I, yeah, I, I growing I up, not, I love Disney. I can't watch I them. I wasn't now. into it. Um, so now that I've, I've, um, I, I think Vivo, the Sony movie, um, really like turned me around on animated movies. Um, that's like one of my favorite movies ever. Great film. Um, and then I don't know. Like I, I can't, I can't think of like a favorite genre. I, I was really into like older, like action slash romance movies. Like Roadhouse was my favorite movie for a long time. <laughs> I love that. Um, so I really like that, like late eighties, early 90s i like mm, men like old men um <laughs> i pop in the background i, I love that really, like, <laughs> there's something about the way that old men speak that i've always just been like yeah that's me yep. um so some, some, something is for like your grandpa i would probably like yeah not band of brothers though no, not <laughs> cut that. Cut that. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen it. I just, yeah, not my, not my favorite. Um, now you guys do a mix of movies that are have been out and then recently have been doing some movies that are in theaters, which I I like the dynamic 
of the more recent episodes of like the Mario and the uh, Barbie movie where you guys. That's good to know. That's good full, to know. All right. Yeah. The, the Mario one where you guys fully committed to the bit to wear overalls and t-shirts and then the green yeah. screen didn't work with his shirt. So you made him change it like all funny. I love it. Good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, going to get pasta before uh, uh, the sink bit. All great. Keep that Thank going. But I do love that uh, the old school stuff too, like reviewing older movies that people yeah. are like, I wonder what they think of this. Um, so recently with, with the Barbie movie coming up was the most recent episode to go check out. I, I don't want to get you too, too much of your pins on it. Cause I want people to go watch it on birds on film, but uh, how has that experience been actually going to theaters and, and kind of, adding this dynamic to the to the the show it's uh, the, the content it's a lot more work um to like line up our schedules with the release of a movie and get everybody together because we don't live that close to each other and pro um, wrestling <laughs> right so and right like normal people would not make the trips that wrestlers do like like i and other wrestlers are like oh it's four hours away yeah, well, if I can, like, stay the night, then for sure, like, I'll make that easy. Oh, it's it's three hours away? Yeah, I'll just do it in a day. Like, I used know, to drive to Atlantic City and back from middle of Pennsylvania. Like, northeast exactly. Pennsylvania. And it's like, and it's crazy. We don't bat an eye at doing day trips, uh, you know, four or five, six hours away. Um, but, you know, me and Dustin, when we want to get together and, like, film a, a chunk, we'll, like, plan to, like just take two days or whatever and like stay over and um, watch a bunch of stuff, film a bunch of content. So uh, going to the movies, like I said, it's a lot more work to like coordinate and to go do. And thank God for Killian who's filming the whole time. Cause like, I wouldn't be able to like selfie stick that uh, in a thousand years. Um, but I really, really, really love going to the movies with Dustin the 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 best line of Love the it. most recent episode was we went to the pre barbie uh party uh what theater did we go to i'm not telling these freaks what theater we go to <laughs> no no some, sometimes sometimes i'm reminded that dustin has lived his life as a boy yeah and yeah. i have not yeah i'd be like i here's where i live i'm that kid yeah i'm telling right. everybody yeah it's the i i, I like that dynamic a lot cuz sometimes we run into things where i'm like no, Dustin, that would be dangerous for me. <laughs> um, uh, but when we saw Minions in the movie theater, we had like this tiny little plushie. And as you'd imagine, there was a lot of kids uh, seeing this film. And this one kid who was sitting in our row, as he was like exiting the row, he's like passing in front of us. He turns and sees the Minion that's like sitting in the cup holder between us and goes, ah! and then takes it just screams and then takes our toy and we were like like we don't care like we like yeah. kids we're, we're not like give it back it's a toy it's a kid like the kid should have it but we were like um what like we just kind of looked at each other and then his mom from like 10 seats over and it's like what are you doing give that back to them <laughs> and it was just such a great time to like sit there at this kids movie that we're wholeheartedly enjoying <laughs> and listen to children like repeat back lines like as it's happening they're like screaming and yelling and we're like awesome you're like we yes. like the poo poo pee jokes too <laughs> exactly we're like this this is like this, this we, we are we should be mental giants in this theater but we're not yeah yeah. Uh, is there movies coming out or that are in theaters now that you, you guys have on your radar for future episodes? So the next movie that's coming out for Birds on Film is going to be Renfield, which I'm actually not sure if it's still in theaters. And probably I think it's by... on streaming now. I think if you yeah. can watch it on Peacock, I think. Um, uh, so Nick Cage and I can't say his name. Uh, we're... we're Rarity, Rarity. That guy. That guy, shit. Um, <laughs> mainly Nick Cage. Uh, so I saw that that movie and was like, Dustin, we got to do it. So Renfield is the next review to come out. And then we will be doing an entire month of one actor. We're going to have a spotlight September on Nicolas Cage. Okay. Because after watching Renfield, I was like, 
Oh, wait I a need minute. more. Yeah, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Um, and we realized we've already done Moonstruck. So we have okay. this like, was that 87 to 20, it was like a 25 something. I already know three right off the bat that are amazing. It, it right like you have so many so many movies over like 35 years that you can like how many have you seen so far or how many are you gonna um, be seeing for the first time so we have um a three-in-one episode uh that's without will be coming out in september that's the spotlight september um for nicholas cage and we're going to be reviewing pig mandy and snake eyes okay so a pretty like diverse grouping. Um, and then uh, there may be some more thrown in there in shorts. Um, we're not gonna dedicate a whole nother episode to it, but we wanted to do like Nicolas Cage's favorite Nicolas Cage movie. My what was favorite, his favorite. What was his Justin's. favorite? His Nicolas Cage's favorite movie is Pig. Really? Okay. Yes. Mine's a three-way tie. Uh, and it's funny because one of them is something I never would get into. Uh, but I remember the first time I seen it, and it's when I fell in love with an actress in it. Uh, Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh, Dreadlock Angelie Jolie in that movie. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was a moment. Uh, Con Air, another great Nicolas Cage movie. I and, hate that. And movie. Face <laughs> Off. I don't Oh, Face Off, yeah. <laughs> So Con Air, I actually like the movie, but his god awful accent. Like, what yeah. was he doing? And he shredded, isn't he shredded in that movie? Yeah, no, he yeah he's yeah. shredded to the gills. <laughs> I just love all the weird decisions he makes. Um, which is, you know, almost being Superman. When you when you watch uh, the Birds on Film review, the the Spotlight September on Nicolas Cage, you'll get much more of my opinion on on his acting choices but yeah. um yeah so that all of that's coming out soon that's i'm very very excited let me go jump to the discord real quick see what people have uh question wise yeah and see what we see what we're doing here um with. yeah let me let me pull it up i'll take a i'll take a snack i'll take a little snack break i've got yeah, my take, take a little crunch get a little crunch in my uh jalapeno pineapple doritos Oh, is that that they're new, right? That's the new thing. It's a limited edition flavor. Yes. How do you feel um, about my it? My friend Matt gave them to me at this Enjoy show in Pittsburgh. And then I almost forgot to mention, actually, there's another episode of Birds on Film coming out even before all of the Nicolas Cage. Um, Twisted Metal. Okay. I haven't so seen it So this is the I'm first excited. time we're doing a, a television show versus a movie. Did, but we will you... be... What's that? Wasn't, wasn't your thing for a minute there candy and snack reviews as well? Yes, 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 yes. But we're we're beyond that. We're into film yeah, yeah. now. We're into cinema and entertainment. <laughs> um, so the uh, the twisted metal review is going to be coming out much sooner than all of that. So I think by the time this airs, um, it'll all have dropped. The twisted metal Renfield and the spotlight September on Nicolas Cage. That's perfect. Well, kind of bring back the snack thing real quick because you did have good takes on snacks. What's your go-to movie theater snack? Just popcorn. I'm not. Popcorn. I'm not a nachos girly. I'm not a. I'm not a hot dog person. No raisinets. No M and M's. I don't even really want to eat the popcorn. It's just there. Yeah, I don't like popcorn either. Um, it makes my the, tummy hurt. I eat it too fast. I can't yeah, like space it out. I, the whole movie. My first job was a movie theater, and uh, I film hate or digital. Film. Uh, this one was film, and then went digital before it got shut down. The tale yeah. is all time, right? Yeah. Uh, well, it got remodeled to a nicer theater, and then I was out of high school by that point in time. Uh, I, I do have a, an interesting story. Uh, so I obviously worked for $7 an hour and didn't care about my job. <laughs> um, and uh, my one of my things I always told my bosses is, like, I'm not cleaning up any bodily fluids. So if any bodily fluids happen, I'm just going to quit. And that's just, all, that's just how it's going down. Yeah, so I would just so I would just sign the bathroom log as soon as I came in. I would just sign from my shift all the way through and say I did it. But no, I, I mean, I would go through and sweep up, but I'm not wiping. You're toilets not cleaning down. up piss and shit for seven dollars an hour. Exactly. I get that. So I did my bathroom checks throughout the whole shift. I got called into work this day. There was a really bad snowstorm around Valentine's Day in like early 2000s or whatever it was. And um, 
I'm up at the job and I'm doing this and all these people are kind of stuck in the parking lot, the truck drivers and stuff. So I go in, do my bathroom check, do my second bathroom check. I legit was doing them. I just wasn't doing them thoroughly, I guess you would say. Yeah. So you uh, saw they were dirty. No, they weren't dirty. I just would clean up the floor and the countertops, but I wouldn't go into stalls. I wouldn't even look. I don't, I don't, if I don't look, then you know what I mean? Like if someone pooped on walls, I would never know because I'm never opening the door. Okay. Yeah, I actually lie. I would open in case and always check if there was toilet paper because I can't stand when there's not toilet paper in there for somebody. So well, I did that you aspect. You know what? You have yeah. morals. Yeah. I so but if if someone made a mess on that, you're on your own. Uh, right. So a cust a customer comes out and goes, "Hey, there's a guy on the floor in the bathroom, right?" So we go in to look, and he's dead. <laughs> yeah, Gonzo. I guess a heart attack on the floor gone right um coroner comes in we have to shut the theater down we're all kind of there my boss comes and goes well how long has he been in there and the coroner's like at least an hour <laughs> and he looks at the checklist and of course i signed all the and i'm like literally my boss like, don't you put that on me because he was sitting i guess what happens he was sitting on the the, the toilet and like collecting himself and then like took a heart attack and then fell after like time so i wouldn't have known anyway until he hit the floor but yeah i almost i i got blamed because a guy died on my shift when i should have been cleaning bathrooms that was my movie theater story yep wow. <laughs> don't the, the moral of the story here is pay people more and i would have been more thorough at my job you know <laughs> 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 yep, I was a high school kid and uh watched a guy get carted out. I'm speechless. <laughs> I don't think I've ever told the story on a podcast. I, and uh... then and then the theater that they remodeled to, where the bathroom was was now a theater and all the people who then worked at the second theater said that that theater was haunted and chairs would move by themselves. Right. So it was the ghost. It was the ghost because of the truck driver. you didn't driver. check the stalls. Because I, I was too afraid of bodily fluids that I did not check stalls. <laughs> Blood's on my hands. That's crazy. Yeah. That, that happened. Movie theater. There it is. <laughs> um, so oh, what was I going to ask you with birds? Oh, the um, you said that the, the, you're doing a spotlight series and then you're doing the twisted metal. Is there any other TV shows out there that uh, you want to add to the repertoire? And why did you pick twisted metal to be the first TV show? Um, twisted metal. I'm not, I'm cause dust is a big gamer. So I, a lot of gamers get stuck. Dust is a big gamer, but my Instagram profile does say gamer. Yes. Does his, it doesn't. No. A lot of video game movie adaptations have been getting put in there. Uh, you know, Sonic, for obvious reasons, in there. Mario, now Twisted Sonic Metal. Sonic is in there, but I'm not. Yeah. Mm. You didn't like the movie? Mm. No, I just wasn't available that day. Oh, okay. <laughs> I actually enjoyed the Sonic movies. Uh, and the entire time watching I it, I kept thinking Sonic of Killian. Movies. Yeah, I thought, thought I really like Sonic movies. Um, Twisted Metal just... I think it just like hit enough buttons in my brain that I was like, we got to do it. Um, and if, you know, you watch the review on the YouTube channel, Birds on Film, uh, you'll hear why. But uh, yeah. it, it definitely was um, like an obvious choice just because of how much I enjoyed it. So, yeah. I'm pumped. I can't wait to see the review. I, yeah. I, I have to find more TV shows. My problem is, is I instead of watching new stuff, I just rewatch the same things that like my comfort food shows and just yeah. watch the same show yeah. 155 times. Have you ever watched our flag means death? I have not. So that is one that I would add to the birds uh, channel, but I think I it, it's, it's, it's a tough choice because I might just cry through the whole thing. Um, I have watched that show like four, maybe five times. Um, it's, my favorite tv show of the last like 10 years yeah uh if you had a desert island movies what three movies are your go your favorite movies of all time can we add is our tv shows in there or just movies we'll do three do you could put three 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 tv show three movie okay frazier okay 
our flag means death. And King of the Hill. Okay. We just it wasn't the one voice actor just passed away. Yeah, he did. Dale, right? Yeah. Really sad. Yeah, they're supposed to do yeah. like the reboot, and I don't know what'll happen with that now because I don't think he finished. Yeah. Like recording. The, um, the, the bad part, but good part of voice acting is so many people can like imitate voices now that like right. you can you can you can if you wanted to keep the character alive they could but it, it, yeah. it's not the same yeah um but movies hmm i know for sure um the bbc miniseries adaptation of jane austen's pride and prejudice with colin firth and jennifer eel Okay. That's number one. Um, hmm, 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 hmm. I think Moonstruck is also a Desert Island movie. And Vivo. Vivo? Vivo. I, so I, I learned through this episode I have to watch these three movies. I've never seen any of them. You have to watch you have to watch Vivo. Um, I would say Vivo is like the most digestible of those three. Um, Moonstruck is great, but a lot of people don't like older movies. And even I though it was made movies. in like 1987, like people are going to look at it and be like, it was the turn of the century. Yeah. And then the Pride and Prejudice adaptation is five and a half hours. Oh, wow. Because it's a miniseries, technically. Yeah. Um, I do not fuck with the Kira Knightley version. I do not. You don't get it out of here. I do not. <laughs> That's not my yeah. movie. Uh, Breakfast Club's high on my list. Ferris Bueller and Goodfellas are, are probably very high on my list. I love Goodfellas. Like Great I movie. said, I love old men. They're all oh, there's a lot in that one. Is De Niro high on your list? Is 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 De Niro like who's the king old man for you? Like Um, King Old Man. Oh my god, that's such a good question. I oof. I don't know. I don't know who my king old man is. I'll have to think <laughs> about that. There's so many. I, I really like um speaking of Goodfellas, um Ray Liotta. Do you see Cocaine Bear yet? No, I haven't. Oh, do it. <laughs> it's awesome. Do it's it. awesome. Yeah. Okay. It's his last movie. It's, it's Ray Liotta's last movie. Is he? He's Ray is Liotta. He that, is, he, is he that like prominent in it? Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. I just didn't know. I didn't know. All I knew yeah. was the bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. It's as stupid as you think it's going to be, but it's awesome. I think another old man movie for me, like as a genre, an old man movie, um, is Exorcist 3. Okay. I couldn't tell you the actors' names, but everybody. Uh, are, did you see the, the, the trailer for the remake of the, like they're making a prequel of The Exorcist? No, like I it's going to take place after the events of, I guess, like Reagan's story. Hmm. It's like a retcon. Yeah, it's like a retcon new adaptation. There's a hmm. lot coming out this year. I'm pretty excited. The one I really want to see that's out now. Uh, this year has been insane for nostalgia, especially like our yeah. generation's nostalgia. Barbie, Mario, Sonic. Uh, the I big one the for me. That the, years, the theme has yeah. been nostalgia. Millennials uh, nostalgia, like escapism. Yeah, Sp uh, throw all of one Spider Man's into one movie. Uh, <laughs> Bring all the Power Rangers back for Netflix. Um, I when I saw Alfred Molina on that big screen in the theater, I literally pumped my fist in the air. <laughs> I said, uh, but "That's the, my Doc Ock." The one I want to see. I want to see the new uh, Ninja Turtles. Mm, yeah, it looks so cool. The art style looks so 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 cool. And they, the, the what I like about the idea of this is they took because every Ninja Turtle movies we've ever gotten has been. Let's get older actors or voice actors to 
aged Ninja Turtles and they're like 19 year old Ninja Turtles. Right. I guess in this one, they're like young kids. Like they're going to grow the turtles with their audience. So the voice oh. actors are like legit. Like when they talk, they sound like they're like 12 <laughs> or 13 oh, years old. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. And Master Splinter is the coolest voice acting choice for this movie. Jackie oh, Chan. Yeah, I think John Cena is one of the voice actors. Uh, there's a bunch of really cool. It, I know you said in the movie for Mario, you're not usually a fan of big named people doing voice acting. So that yeah. Ninja, Ninja Turtles is a lot of that. But I do agree with but you guys like that you're Mario now too. Like you yeah. can't get away from that. So I thought they did a good job of Mario if no one stood out and did their own thing. I guess like if anyone stood out the most was probably Bowser as Jack Black, just because Jack Black's voice is the most. But it worked. Like I liked it. Yeah, I was gonna say Seth Rogen, but you're right. Jack Black was pretty, yeah, noticeable. Yeah, I I loved it. I thought they were good movies. But if you want more takes on movies and also to be wildly entertained by some of the funniest people on the planet, please go watch Birds on Film with Erica and Big Dust. They do a fantastic job. The edits, the cuts, the little <laughs> what was the, the the Barbie one where like Morty and is like, God damn it, I'm in or whatever. <laughs> like I like the cuts. Um. Because I think the best part of consuming content that has goons or goon adjacent goon family is backstage at shows. I'm just always dying hearing at like if they're talking in a room, I'll just kind of sit somewhere near just so I can hear because it's always funny. Putting together matches, I don't know how That's matches dangerous. happen. Yeah. That's dangerous. <laughs> you might hear some you, you, there's probably some cancelable cancelable offenses ah, that's all right um and also like putting together matches i don't know how real matches happen uh because not trying to peel a curtain too bad but it's just like killing and dust talking to whoever they're going to work with and they're like all right you're going to shoot me off and i'm going to give you a bip a bang another bip another bap and it's just like and it, <laughs> I'm like, how do you put together that? Like, it, I, I think they're ribbing each other. And no, they're putting together a match. They're just Well, so that's, that's the funny. fun thing about working with Killian McMurphy is that you have absolutely no say in what's going to happen out there. He, just, <laughs> he tells you what's going to happen. I, the, my, my always locker room people to be around is the goons. Uh, wore his t-shirt in a former episode of Birds on, the, uh, Birds on Film. Uh, Trajan. Anytime trading's around, you are you're you can't take anything serious. AJ Trayden. Evers is on that list. Just funny people. And if I ever had a Mount Rushmore, the funniest people in professional wrestling, it's probably all of them. Just Aww, all of you on one sweet. mountain. Always sweet. good people. I love you to death. Uh any plugs? Where people where can people find you? Uh, I know you have a merch page. Unfortunately, this shirt, not on that merch page. I know that's but, the OG. Maybe I'll reprint the, someday. Yeah, this the soldier one is is good. All the shirts are good. What was the one you did? It was like it looked like um, like almost like a black dynamite poster. It was like the car. Is that one still available? Where it was like an action movie poster? Oh, um, I think it was Officer Miller. That's what right? it was. Yeah, that one yeah. was never printed on T-shirts. I don't think. Um, uh, JCP Designs just made that and put it out there. Um, super talented. Love working with JCP. Um. The uh, the Army Man shirt that he described is still available on my what a what a maneuver page, which I still have. I know they got canceled, but like it's up there, and I still make money off of that stuff. So That's go good. ahead. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I have I have that page, and I have the Pooperate shirt still available at any show that you see me at. And you can find me on social medias at at Erica Russells. Um. The YouTube page is Birds on Film. There it is. Yeah. Kids love that shirt because it says poop. Adults don't like really. I wear it all, I wear it all the time. It. I wear it all the time. Um, but yeah, at Erica Russell's or uh, on YouTube, Birds on Film. Uh, check out my stupid tweets and my great insights on film. Um, that's what I got. And also amazing promos to lead up matches. They're always very True. funny. Yeah. True. <laughs> didn't you do one on a toilet one time or you were you cut yeah. a promo from a toilet yeah for the, for the super eight that i renamed the pooper eight i was yep, on a yep. toilet if you freaks just... want to see me drop a deuce it's, you know go look look at Listen, my social the uh the, the wrestling community has a lot of those people that they're into a lot of things true it's true <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Well, listen, next week on the podcast, uh, we have we have two big guests coming up. Next up is going to be the president of the Independent Wrestling 
uh, independent writer. No? Big X. Phil Stamper can go to hell. Oh, wow. Well, the president's not going to want to hear that. You're going to get that finger. He's going to, he's not going to, he's not going to appreciate it. The president. You know what I don't appreciate? I don't appreciate needing binoculars to look at his calendar. Oh, yeah. When he posts the all text, of the. The text is so minuscule. I, I, I like need to put on like my grandmother's antique glasses just to get like barely there. You know what? You know what's hilarious about every time he posts it too is he he literally has thousands of shows that are happening within a month, and you have that one promoter like, "Why aren't I on there?" Like, can you see how much work he put into this? Shut right. up! Why aren't we in there? Are you snubbing us? Like, yeah, you're getting snubbed of the thousands. Gonna people send him your show. You know he puts it out. Exactly, exactly. And then, uh, following the president will be your co-host of Birds on Film. Big dust. Mike Look Loberg. At Look at that man. Look, that's Bud the Stud right there. There it is. Guy, the guy's a gem in this business. An absolute gem. Yes. If I could say quickly, just in all seriousness, there is no manager on the independence that does what Dustin does. Sidney Bacabella does something different and he's amazing. But Dustin is just so good at what he does. And he's such an asset. He he there's, there are a lot of promotions that will stick a random manager with a random talent and say, go do. And it just, it's, that's not what it's really for. Like, that's not what a manager should be. Dustin is what a manager should be. We, there's a handful that I think are, they stand out. And it's for that reason, because they have that ability to do so. And 90% of them, the ones that stand out are ones that work with Dustin in that capacity, like your Mary Beth's, your coach. Yes. you know coach rafts and stuff like that where they they're just taking they're, they take the the role of manager seriously and they put a lot of work i think we lost erica camera here can you hear us we'll we'll back her out for a second here or we'll just close out there ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for hanging out with us on the abj podcast we'll see you next thursday for another episode and uh you know like i said check out the links below make sure you support and uh, subscribe and let's get that birds and film up to more subscribers on YouTube. They put a lot of work into it. And it's really, really funny. So go show some support. And we'll see you next time. We're out of here.